0: Hi, and welcome to episode one of the audio production workshop podcast. Uh, In this episode, we talk to legendary frontman Andy Carlson Therapy. Please come with me on a journey as we get deep on all things recording, producing and crafting over his 28-year career. Welcome to the Audio Production Workshop in association with Camden Rocks. Uh, I'm here with the ever-wonderful Andy Cairns for Therapy. You're playing Camden Rocks on mm. the uh, 3rd of June. Mm. This is your second time, am I right? Yes, yeah, well, it's the
1: first time it's a solo uh, acoustic show.
0: Right, We've okay. done it before, a few years ago with a band. Nice. Mm. Uh, what acoustic guitar are you playing? What's um, your main one for these wooden wire? It's a Gibson stuff. J200. Okay. I got it
1: about... Um, About four years ago, in 2013-2014, and I'd been doing a couple of just low-key acoustic shows that I was asked to do by certain venues. Mm -hmm. And I had an old Norman Canadian acoustic which sounded a bit thin and a bit bright. And I went down to see the Gibson people in London and try a few acoustics, and I really liked the J200.
0: And I've just had it ever since. I keep it under my bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a little go-to. Yeah. Um, now I know your rig, because mm. obviously I've recorded you a few times mm. over the years. Um, could you please tell the list uh, the viewers yes. um, how where it started and how it evolved yeah. and what you what you've got now? The very first record
1: we ever did, I had a Fender twin, um, I had a PV hot distortion, I had a boss stereo chorus, I had a Dodd compressor sustainer and I had a Boss DSD2 Digital Delay. I played a Epiphone 335 Dot uh, through that, and that was my rig. And it was all standard tuning. And then by the time of our second mini album, the only thing that changed was I was playing a USA Fender Tele. And then from 1993 onwards, I moved to Gibson guitars, mainly SG's. Is that
0: the X? Was that the SGX?
1: I didn't change until the SGX, really, until I accidentally got one in 2009. Before that, I was okay. always used SG standards. Uh, through two Marshall 900 cabs uh, with more or less the same pedal rig. And uh, nowadays I use... The same Marshall 900s, four x twelve cabs. I've got a uh, Gibson SGX. I've got four of those. They were like a, a limited edition, made a few years ago with like a active pickup circuit. Are
0: these the TTs?
1: Uh, they've got the 500T pickups oh, in them, yeah. which are a lot more distorted, and I really like those. Um, and it's more or less been the same effects. Pedals as well i have been used okay. ever since. The only thing that's changed is the distor I don't use the distortion now. I get that through the amplifier for mm. driving it. But I still use the same Boss pedals that I've always used.
0: Nice. Mm. Um, obviously, you have a, a very long uh, recording career, mm. and um, I'm assuming by now you know how you like to be recorded or how you like to record. Yeah. What's kind of like your, your your favourite vibe? Well, things change with us because we started so long ago. You know, we we started our first
1: recording we did in Christmas in 1989. The first one that got released, it got released in 1990. There was no digital when we started recording. And then uh, the first album we actually did digitally was in 2007. Oh, okay. Which was uh, uh, called One One Cure Fits All. Before then, everything was done completely analogue. So that was always, you know, it took a while. Whenever we went to digital recording, that changed things a little bit it meant that we could record actually a lot quicker because okay. the process was a lot quicker. Uh, the, the last four or five albums have been great. We've recorded them in a wonderful, wonderful studio called Blast Studios up in the northeast of England in Newcastle upon Tyne. Mm. And it's got a lovely sound. That's
0: an SSL console,
1: isn't that's it? That's an SSL console. And we do that with really just old-fashioned drums first, then we add the bass, then rhythm guitars, vocals last. Um, but, you know, I, I quite like I quite like doing it that way. You know, there has been times in the past. We did an album called Suicide Packed You First. That was with Head. That was with Head. uh, was. Milton Keynes? Well, we started that in Milton Keynes in Great Linford Manor, which was owned by Pete Winkleman, who's now the chairman of MK Dons. Oh, right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we were there whenever that whole takeover thing was beginning to take seed. We did that, we did the drums there, and then we moved from there um, to, where did we go... Oh, no, we did the whole album there, yeah. It was Infernal Love. We did the drums at Milton Keynes and then we right. went to Real World.
0: Oh, lovely. And Real World, and that was that. Um, Real World's Peter Gabriel's place in Box yeah, in Bath. the West. Yeah, in Bath. And, and it that was, was with Al Clay? That was with Al Clay. Why why, why, Al Clay? I have to ask this. Because he did a lot with um, Hans Zimmer. Yes, he did. There's an
1: embarrassing story behind this, actually, and, it, <laughs> and it's something which I really, really feel really bad about. We really we did Trouble Gum with Chris Sheldon, who was an amazing producer. Mm and for the follow up we, we, we should have worked with Chris to be honest because he, we had a really good relationship with him but we were so fast working in those days and, and so prolific we decided oh let's completely change it let's not make Trouble Gun Part 2 and we really really wanted a guy called Flood yes right. Yeah, yeah. now in 1994 we'd, we'd said to a record company can we get Flood we love the, we love the stuff he's done with Depeche Mode mm. and they said ok and in the meantime we did the Monsters of Rock Festival 1994 and there was a, a program put out that you buy at the festival and I'd been interviewed for it and and I'd said, oh, the next album we're going to record soon after this festival. I'd love to do it with a guy called Flood but what they'd printed was we're doing it with a guy called Flood which okay. wasn't... <laughs> and he read this and as you can imagine he wasn't too enamoured and he wow. basically our record company went to him and he said I didn't like the last album and I don't like people presuming they're going to work with me so, you, so I'm not going to work with him and we were like, oh my God. So ha um I'm surprised he wasn't flattered. Uh, no I, well, I mean he had worked with you two in Depeche Mode no, and Snails nails. True. I mean he was way, way bigger than Therapy War. He's a bigger producer than the Therapy War band. And Al Clay was a very good friend of Flood's and he had mm-hmm. been an assistant. And what happened was our AR guy, I ANM, said, Okay, well, we've got a really good producer now called Al Clay. He's he's worked with Floods so he uses the same techniques. He's also worked with, you know, Hollywood movie soundtracks. He can get the cinematic thing you're looking for. And we weren't sure because we'd never heard of Al. And then we met up with him, and he was an amazing bloke. And he was very, very open-minded. So that, he also
0: did some Pixies stuff as well, he didn't did, he? he?
1: did Pixies and Frank Black stuff. He did mm. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds stuff as well.
0: Were you in the big room at Real World? Yes. Or were, yes, you were in the we big room. We were in the big room. That's amazing, room. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah, I think the, the control room you can have... As all one area, can't yeah. you? So you're recording and it's you're not divided by any walls, I think. That's, That's right, what, you what can, yeah.
1: Home. We had, I, I mean, mean we, we went after, we set up... Uh it was so big. We were able to set up a Schlechttrix track running around it. We spent a fortune on Schlechttrix. Marvelous, uh, you know. And uh, whenever one of us weren't doing a take, we would do this. I mean, it was because Al Clay was really into cars, so we got like these Schlechttrix Porsches and all this kind of thing. <laughs> but you know, it was great—a great place and uh, really good. Maybe a bit too fancy for us of where we were in our career. I think you know, it was. Uh, but it was a lovely, lovely place, and the people there were amazing.
0: Which, uh, which actually does lead me on to
1: my next question: Which studio has impressed you the most? To be honest, the one I like the most at the minute is Blast, that we're up yeah. to in Newcastle. I just love it. I just love where it is. It's up uh, Stepney Bank. It's uh, It's been recently developed, the area. It's got the Clooney venue just down the road. It's okay. got um, nice pubs and rehearsal rooms, and it's, it's a really kind of very creative hub. Mm. But the studio itself is nicely tucked away down this little kind of old industrial unit, which is kind of an L-shape. And then I suppose other ones are liked over the years. Uh, I used to really, really love uh, Homestead in Randallstown, owned by the legendary right. Mud Wallace. It's gone now. And it was the only residential studio in the north of Ireland at the time. Right. And by residential, it meant a small room with one bunk bed. You know? <laughs> but that
0: did us. How, how was Mud to work with? Uh,
1: Mud Mud did one of the best things ever I've ever, ever seen. Uh, whenever he worked with us, we recorded their first album, Baby Teeth, in like a day and a half. Right, And I was working in a factory at the time, not far. And... I would basically record all our tracks and I'd gone to work at the factory and came back and the drums were really loud and I couldn't hear my guitar and the bass was middling and I'd just, I'd I'd start at work at 11, come back at seven they'd be mixing all night so I walked in and I said I can't hear the guitar and Mudd went well you know, Fife wants the drums really loud and then Michael went well I want my bass turned up so the bass was turned up and at the end I said I still can't hear the guitar and Mud just went right and he pushed everything up and said there you go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there you go, you yeah, happy now? And it sounded amazing. <laughs> and it was he like, was great to work with. It that you know he's even for vocal takes because um, you know we did everything completely sober. But Fife at the time was very shy about singing. You know, at this mm. point in time, whenever we used to gig, he was hidden you know behind the cymbals yeah, and the mic. You can so, kind you know, of hide a little oh, bit, yeah, a, bit and he can, a little yeah. bit. But you know, we're in the studio when everyone was watching him, so we had to like dim the lights and whatever. And it wasn't really happening. And um, he went out of the studio and came back with a case of beer and a bottle of tequila. And just walked into the room with a microphone and says, give this a go. Yeah. And of course everyone's inhibitions went and yeah, it was yeah. great. It? <laughs> Which just, is probably just, why some of the vocals sound like people are getting their teeth pulled on that album. <laughs>
0: um on Shameless mm. record there, that was at Robert Lange Studio. Yeah. Did anything weird happen? The ghost. the ghost? The ghost in Robert Lange Studios. there there anything weird that happened there?
1: There wasn't actually, and I found it really beautiful. It's, uh, a, I beautiful mean, studio. it's, it's a beautiful studio. A lot place, of marble, a yeah. lot of yeah. stone. Yeah.
0: And, and it, I think at that time, what, what was recorded there? I think Soundgarden had just done their album. Yeah, the Foo Fighters had Foo done Foo their Foo, first. Yeah. yeah, it was
1: where Nirvana did their last ever track they ever yeah. recorded. I think You Know You're Right was recorded there that was beautiful I mean I, the material that we'd written for it wasn't that great but working with Jack and Dino in Seattle in Bob Lang Studios was an yeah. incredible experience does it
0: overlook a lake as well is it
1: does I mean you come out you come out of the studio uh, from the, the entrance and you can overlook a lake but you can actually there's a little viewing area up where there's a little rec room oh, which nice. is an even better view yeah. but, but Jack and Dino boy does he work I mean yeah. he's a real he works really really hard there's no messing about with Jack You know, no alcohol in the studio
0: you get out of that studio when the stuff's done does, so he, do, does he do times as well like it's this time to this time no wee hours of the morning it's just you come in and you oh do he does he does, oh, he does both i mean i don't know
1: where he gets his energy from you literally he'll be there to three or four in the morning going mm. right back in tomorrow at nine I and mean, when you get there at nine he's been there from eight. Oh wow okay. yeah <laughs> he, he's he works very very hard
0: brilliant andy thank you thank you chris thanks for thanks having you. us on thank oh, you no, my pleasure